it's probably that's it for all that live footage i'm <laughs> sending out on uh <laughs> people that's are right. like what the fuck are they talking about we're back when, Joe. Um, when he's not minting tokens after we took a after we took an okay day yeah no it was good it was good um I needed a break, but I should have gotten I should have gotten some sleep. I got like three hours last night helping with some homework shit last night. Oh yeah, yeah. Some New uh, math kind of thing. No, some. Uh, uh, she has no trouble with any of it. it, it it's the only trouble was uh, not starting starting over the weekend and instead <laughs> going to lots of parties and uh, going out on a boat yesterday and. Uh, and then she has Chinese tests, so that was. Oh, ni hao. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah, Yeah, I figure she better uh, be able to speak to our future overlords. So, <laughs> ain't gonna happen. Don't worry about that one. They need us to be rotten capitalists. Yeah, because yeah. they're they're worse than us, man. They're like yeah. the rottenest. Of... I'm sorry, I'm not. <laughs> I'm just saying. That Here we go. For real. They play for keeps. They play for keeps. So, uh, so yeah. So I had a nice long weekend, and then my kids have another long weekend this weekend. They're off Friday. Yeah, Friday's a holiday, right? Yeah, yeah. Well, I don't think it's a holiday. I think it's like a teacher work day or something. I don't know. But you go to that fancy private school, so you may not get out. Uh oh. Um. No, I know that. Um... Would you just remember you forgot to pay tuition? No, no. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Oh, that's what trying to figure out how you're going to after the last few days. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's it. That's right. I'm like, oh shit, I'm out of money again. <laughs> but you know me, one of these will pop or something else will happen. Something will come exactly. along. So I don't really worry about that shit. But so but yeah, no, of, they're all out of school constantly nowadays, it seems it's like it's crazy. It's crazy. Uh, although, well, you know, I miss I miss virtual school. It was a lot fucking easier. I didn't have to get up at 6 a.m. to drive my children to school. So Yeah, hasn't that turned into a total nightmare? Fuck. I man. mean, it was great when they were all just like locked up all day and you didn't yeah. have to worry about where they were. Well, I'm only dungeon. I'm only five months away from from driving children freedom. So that's when Zachary turned 16. So oh yeah, my daughter just got a little Jeep. Nice. Um, so she's going for uh, freedom, but she doesn't get hers. She didn't get her light or learner's permit until later. Ah. So you still have to wait a year after you get it, as you know, in Florida to get the actual license. But all her friends have them and they come pick her up and yeah. go out. And, you know, it brings on all that whole new set of worries. You, know? <laughs> you start remembering your like typical Friday night in high school. Yeah. Which involves some kind of a muscle car and everybody had a six pack. And yeah, thankfully. Thankfully, my son is pretty scared of his own shadow, so I'm actually not too concerned about them driving. So, uh, well, they're not the, big drinkers and, anymore. So and and all yeah, if he's still but yeah, yeah, they're that, all vaping. That's, that's all good for me. Awesome. Yeah, that's fine. I, I don't give a shit. Um, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Too much pressure on these kids. I mean, I don't. I think we discount this too much, too. That it's insane. This fucking pandemic thing. I mean, you. I mean, we lived under like nuclear holocaust and all that shit, but you got used to it. Yeah. The pandemic thing just came out of nowhere and it's sort of in their like formative high school years. Yeah, it's pretty And brutal. it's accelerated driving them onto all these social media platforms even faster. Yeah. And, um, you imagine know, if it, our kids weren't, imagine the kids who aren't as privileged as ours are. 
right? Like yeah. what they went through. That's a fucking nightmare. I, I, yeah. I can't even imagine. Well, a lot more deaths in the immediate family, I'm sure. Oh, yeah. Um, and no, you know, no electronic gear at home a lot to do the distance learning. Pieces. Lost income. So, you know, I mean, yeah. it's just brutal. It's brutal. But anyhow, um, hopefully that shit's almost over. Okay, yeah. so let's go from that depressing note to Olympus doubt. So, oh, yes. Yeah, so, there we go. Uh, if the truck wasn't in the ditch yet, here it goes. So some big fucking whale. Two days. Was that two days ago? I don't know. Anyway, it's it's painful. Um, decided he wanted. Now, here's the crazy thing. This guy, this whale dumps to to secure. Look, I got no problem with selling what you pro, selling some profit to to set it aside, right? You know, feel good about the financial freedom that gives you and your family. And that's exact. I mean, there's an ex, there was exchanges going on with the guy that sold it right on Twitter, um, yeah. and he still holds a ton of Olympus Dow, but he wanted. Well, I guess he wanted 13 million. He ended up with 11 million because of slippage. But Oops. yeah, but he was trying to say, I'm, I'm, I'm setting it aside. And, and, you know, the response that I saw were like, well, dude, have you ever heard of fucking over the counter? You know, because yeah. you fucking effectively tanked the value of literally thousands of people in one fail fucking swoop trying to sell $13 million um, on a DEX. It's just like, just fucking think about what you're doing, right? Now, you know, who knows? Maybe it was a bigger strategy. Maybe he had some funds set aside he wanted to buy in cheap. I, I don't fucking know. He got in early, so he was way up anyway. The saddest thing about it is that at its peak, that $13 million was probably worth a couple hundred million. Yeah. Right? So, yeah. so, you know, dude, what... <laughs> I guess he was feeling desperate and just was like, fuck it. My wife's going to kill me if I don't get this money out. But it's like, I, I don't know. Well, I, I don't understand why people don't think through what they're doing because here's the irony. He's also a huge investor in redacted. And I think he said wonderland. So what happened when the roll, when all the rolling liquidations started hitting? Cause every, and so that's the other thing he did. Not only did he push the price down, but then he wrecked his fellow community members who were on leverage, right? Like in one fail swoop. I mean, there was no there was no chance of anybody getting out in time or covering their debt because he did it so suddenly and so abruptly. And so he not only dropped, plummeted everyone's overall value, but then he liquidated a huge chunk of people that are leveraged, right? And probably were on the edge hoping this thing was going to kind of climb back up. Um, so... For me, really irresponsible behavior, just just shitty non-community-based behavior. And at the same time, all the other rebase tokens followed it down because they all everybody started freaking out that it was about the rebase tokens, right? Because there was a piece of FUD put out by another asshole. <laughs> yeah, Daniel? On the, um, no, on the same day, this fucking fund manager named Jordy and Jordy was going off about how basically all he's saying is, uh, you know, Olympus Dow is a is a Ponzi, but he never named Olympus Dow. But he's calling Olympus Dow a Ponzi. But by the definition that he put in the article, every fucking security on the planet is a Ponzi, right? Especially in yeah. DeFi. So, you know, he put out this elaborate, trying to be cute, funny, tongue in cheek, mafioso themed fucking piece 
on the same fucking day that the guy does the dump. So it's just this cascading impact, right? So everybody gets their ass kicked. Like across the board in rebase world, everybody gets their ass kicked, right? Um, so just stupid fucking behavior. You could have reached out to OTC. You could have reached out to other whales. You could have, you know, uh, reached out to a project that wants home in their treasury. Huh? Wow. Would that have been yeah, a Yeah, I can think of idea. 20 of those. Yeah. So it's like, it, it's just the fucking, the lack of analytical thinking and the la and, and allowing emotions to cloud you. I'm sure he probably saw the FUD and panicked and wanted to get out before, you know, everything went south if oh. it did, which I get. Just be a fucking, don't be an idiot. Like this is a community. Or, 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 or I mean, you could break, maybe it's trying to save on gas fees or something, but I was going to say you could break it apart into like, 20 yeah, orders. Little, yeah, exactly. You know? Small orders over like a week, maybe. Right? Yeah. Instead of all of them in one fucking trade. So that's anyway. why I remember remember Matrix Swap that I was looking at for a while. And yeah. You had that nuke button that closed out all your positions yeah. stable. And I said, that's a fucking scary thing to have. <laughs> your wife's bitching at you, like, ah, blah, blah, boom, nuke it. You know, you're like, out. I'm out. I'm out. You know, you. <laughs> You can't so, have that kind of mentality. You have yeah, to go so steady. it's just a shitty behavior. Just I don't I don't fault the guy for wanting to get his cash out. Absolutely, do not fault him for saying "fuck it." I've let two hundred million slip out of my hands. I want to get some money. Um, but you know, just do fucking something. Thanks, James. Great. Yeah, man, it's just stupid. You just wrecked everybody, and you reject and he wrecked, wrecked his other investment. He's a huge holder and redacted too. And redacted took a fucking massive hit. So it's just, just people don't. Yeah, think. it's just, it's, well, you know, I, I, if he was at 130 or something and now he's at 13 or whatever and he's panicking, um, feeling like he's going to miss it, you know, then you do have to break it apart. But this, he should not be rushing into this like today or yesterday going, oh shit, I got a dump. Yeah. I mean, the signals were out there for, <laughs> for a while. Right. I mean, I've been bleeding out over here. So I, I can right. tell you it's been going on for a while. Yeah, exactly. Um, but, well, you know. So Aaron, Eamon, and James are all thumbs up on this point of view. Yep. Anyway, yep. Um, so that's that sucked. But now here's what came. Here's the fallout. Here, Let me uh, let me see if share screen's going to fuck. By the way, anybody knows a better option than StreamYard, please let me know. It sucks the shit out of CPUs. So I do not recommend this product, although I've paid for a year in advance. Um, that Radio Shack, that Tandy computer, right? Yeah, that's it. <laughs> so I'm going to try to share screen, but I'll probably lose my fucking video because it'll wipe out this brand new fucking MacBook. Um, so Ooh. let's see what happens here. Oh, I'm going to take that mind map away. We don't need that, do we, Joe? No, not yet. Not yet. That's that's the secret secret sauce. You know, while you're pulling that up, I did read. The, did you read the um, Ben Lilly stuff on Jarvis Labs? I did From not. What did Ben recently. have to say? He's kind of. It, it's hard. It could be hard for me to explain it real fast, but essentially, he you know he kind of looks at the macro market stuff too, and he's looking at euro dollars and that they're a indicator, a forward indicator of where people expect U.S. interest rates to be in the future. Hmm. Um, so you look at where they're at, probably priced right now at about like a 0.7. So that means that the market's expecting the interest rates to go up to, you know, 0 0.7, 0 0.75, you know, over the course of the next, you know, six to nine months. And so 
he starts taking all of that and looks at what happens when they sort of zero out, bottom out, and their rates start going up. And there's always a market increase. There's a huge rally usually around then too, because the selling's right. already been done. It's already been priced into the market. And so he's making a pretty interesting argument about that, you know, we know there has to be a little blow off correction in, in, in equities. It's just, it's too inflated. But once, once that happens, whoever hasn't adjusted yet or done anything, that it's going to set up for a next equity rally, which of course supports all the macro um, conditions for, for, for the um, melt up big blow off top rally uh, in, in crypto. So, but he's saying it gets to 1.5 interest rates and then they kind of come back. Um, but you know, when I look at that, I'm like, okay, that's interesting, but I don't think 1.5 is going to come until like 2023. So as he's saying sideways until 2023, I mean, there's a lot of Ooh, stuff to yeah. dig out, Yeah. but he's calling for a lot of trading. You know, this is not buy and hold long-term time. He's calling for trading, basically. Wow, interesting. Um, which is fun. I, I I like that. So yeah, yeah. Go ahead. Uh, well, um, I'm going to exit the screen for a second. I have to reset my permissions in order to share screen. I'll be right back, buddy. All right. All right. So talk to the people, Joe. You're on the air. Oh, so um, oh, you left completely. All right. So there's a couple of things I noticed. I'll just go through a few media things real fast. Um. There was an interesting article on uh, being crypto and uh, about 44 DeFi hacks in 2021, um, mainly due to centralization issues uh, or, or were due to centralization issues, according to Certic report. So there's an interesting um, uh, hack report out by Certic right now, or it came out a couple of days ago. It talked about 44 DeFi hacks and, and what they were all about. Um, definitely worth reading. Um uh, market news reports 44 DeFi hacks on January 15th is the date of publish. Um, the other thing I was looking at is you're always talking about stacks a lot. And yeah. I saw something about Alex Lab that's a BTC DeFi play on stacks. So huh. um, I sent the link to you, I think. We'll look at it later on, but it's Alex. Uh, pull it up. Uh, Alex Lab or Alex. And it looks pretty interesting. Um, but go ahead. You're back. All right. No, it's all good. Stories real quick. It's all good. It's all good. Let me uh, go to our uh, shared spaces here. Uh, let's see. And there's, you know, there's a lot of real time stuff going on in Jarvis Labs right now, which is not normal. Calling it at a, it's a, it's a critical spot for BTC and rest of the alts as well. Would be careful on position sizing in this range as it tightens. That's yeah, twelve eight. I was in a conversation with a, a, a very large uh, family office um, yesterday or no, this morning. <laughs> it's all a blur. Um, and uh, he's expecting 32 right now. So I don't know. It's a mixed bag, mixed signals. Well, you know, my feeling is that... <clears throat> Look, it's going to do one of two things. It either stays sideways with some support here until it's ready to move or it makes a fast move down followed by a fast move back up. You know, yeah. it's not it, it. And then it's going to do the same thing. <laughs> so right. it's like, or go off on another trajectory if something else happens. So to me, you know, I mean, I didn't really, wasn't really paying attention a lot in June when it was doing the last correction. And I didn't realize it got down to 28. <laughs> I had no friggin' idea. You know, I, I was just thinking, oh, 40s, you know, whatever. 
You know, but 58, 68 to 28 is a pretty big move. It's, so, it's about 50%, buddy. Remember? Uh, we talked about 50%. Little, little, yeah, okay. But, um, you know. 56 to I 28? Just, huh? Oh, no, I was saying 68 to 28. Oh, sorry, but sorry, it sorry. No, Whatever. it's roughly the same thing, dude. It's roughly the same thing. Yeah, yeah. Um, no, I was just thinking about how, um, you know, it's going to, wherever it goes, it's going to, I mean, I haven't looked at liquidation levels lately or where all the longs are, but it would tell me that we're, there's a, there's a point somewhere where it bounces. Yeah. And I don't know if that's what you said, 32, or if it's 28 or if it's 36, but I think that those kind of pain points create movement up. I agree. Because it cleans out the, cleans out all the fat. Yep. And then it's a clear running board. So I don't really fret those because they're over fast. Yeah. Um, it's I agree. sort of slow bleeding death thing that I don't like. Yeah, it's brutal. So did you see trading edges comments? Did you read those while I was, uh, I'm just going into them now. I was just uh, I was said, talking. He says, uh, I don't know. I'm on the fence with the ohm situation just to shows how fragile the ecosystem is, was I'm still of the opinion that BTC and ETH has been trading in a bear market. So most of these own projects have never been through a bear. And if it can't withstand the current selling, how they will, how will they withstand a crypto winter? Look, I, 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 there's truth in what, what he's saying. My point of view at this point is um, from what I know of the projects I'm in, um, Ohm, Wonderland, Redacted, um, they all have a strong plan. They all have a strong team. By the way, uh, at uh, um, I'll be interviewing one of the founders of Redacted today at three o'clock for the pod. Um, it's not live, right? That's no, for tape. No. Okay. I mean, for um, later. They all have a strong team. They all have a big treasury. They all have a purpose and a mission and a strategy. Um, and those are all things that I care about, right? And at the end of the day, um, in terms of liquidity, Ohm has kind of shifted things um, the way they were. Olympus Dow has shifted the mindset of what things were uh, going to be. Um, but I agree whether or not the rebases are sustainable or not is another story. Now, Olympus Dow's community had already voted to reduce from 5,000 to 1,000 um, this month, right? So they already recognized the dilution problem. Um, and there is a lot of discussion going on about revenue models and uh, sharing with the, with the, with the community and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And so I, at the end of the day, there are a shit ton of very smart people in the Olympus Dow community. Um, and I personally feel pretty good about that. So um, am I still sweating the down? Sure. But I still feel pretty good about it. When it comes well, to... Go ahead. No, I was going to say, look, this is, <clears throat> this is a tricky one because we've never experienced this type of play with a rebase token. I mean, I've ever been in a rebase token since before this year uh, or before 2021. So I think we don't know the effects of it coming out, but, you know, it's either emissions, you know, through rewards or it's rebase yeah. and you're going to dilute one way or the other. So I think what happens here is exactly what you're talking about. And we've talked, touched on this a few times. Um, who does oh, stacks just got listed on Coinbase? Hey, oh, thanks, shit. James. That's awesome. Um, that, you know, a lot of times when things are, you know, come out with an IPO and they make that big pop 
And then, of course, you know, the lockup ends, whatever they've agreed to, let's say six months out, and then people start selling shares, um, price goes down, and you just sort of wait to, can they execute on the business model? And, and you see what happens. You usually accumulate. I mean, a lot of people did that with Facebook. I remember when Facebook was really in the tank after the IPO, everybody's like, oh, just wait for the advertising. And it's like, yay, <laughs> here comes all the advertising. But um. You know, I think with these with Ohm and stuff, I kind of like just riding it out and seeing what happens at this point because they can execute. You yeah. know, they're doing more things. If it's just a straight up, oh, it was a financial thing. Let's see what happens. We're going to do lending or something like that. Um, you know, that doesn't show progress to me. Yeah. It shows progress when you pick an ecosystem that you're going to start playing in, whether it's GameFi or, you know, play to earn or whatever you're looking at, um, you know, at that point. Um it seems to me that that's where you take the money you raise, like it was an IPO and use it for the next thing. Yep. So whoever, I agree. I agree. Whoever comes in now on Ohm, I mean, I don't know, what is it still around a hundred bucks, but 111, something like that. I mean, the only thing that bothers me is I look at that and then you go read the docs and they talk about it going to a dollar everywhere. And you're just like, well, that's the supporting you know. underneath. Right. So, you know, 106. Oh, so we're just, yeah. we're doing that slow grind. But if they grind. can basically, if you could take this model of home, do the next pieces they're talking about and actually generate cash flow from that and have revenue from it to where you can actually start showing some revenue. I mean, that's what from us dot com veterans, that was what, you know, that was the, the, the differentiator. You yeah. took the 40 million in VC money to go buy the Super Bowl ads and all the other crap. Yeah. And you better generate revenue at that point or grow users or do something. That shows a positive, you know, scale up. If you don't, then they cut you off. So I think the same thing happens here in crypto um, or in these own forks, but it's much more democratic and egalitarian. Yep. You know, we vote because we're not particularly tied. We vote because, you know, by selling or buying more. Um, what's this? Yeah, they go, uh, they go a lot. Yes, exactly. So if you get that messaging out there now of what you're doing with all that money, then it becomes uh, something new. Yeah. But if you're, I mean, look at Amazon. I mean, Amazon was just going to be uh, books. Uh, and I think it even, I don't know if it actually even started at just school books. So that might have been another client. But, you know, and then they scaled up to who would have thought movies? Who would have thought Amazon Prime? Who yeah. would have thought Whole Foods? Who would have yeah. thought Target? Yeah. And all that shit. I mean, yep. if you could take this money and grow that kind of an empire, then you're going to make out like a band. And if I see Ohm lower, you know, I'm going to buy the hell out of it. Yeah, like um, so Trading Edge said, you know, unfortunately, a lot of folks are the opinion of 3-3 doesn't really change that the folks earliest in will still profit most by dumping on the later buyers. I actually think that's a very valid point. But I think here's the difference, what Joe was just saying, which is which is that when you have that much money in the treasury, you I'm, think about if you had handed a startup, whatever it is, $900 million, right? Like with a with already having a team of a few thousand people, a good segment, a chunk of those who are very smart and passionate about a project. And you had a community that was even bigger than that, who was supporting it and wanting to see it survive. And you had all of these stakeholders in that project who wanted to do it because they're, they've bled out. And right now they're at that dump or see what the community can do. I think the difference here from like, every other token since 2017 that had no fucking purpose is 
there is a purpose, there's a mission, there's partnerships. By the way, all of the major projects, Andre Kranje, Alchemix, Scoopy, all of them came out with tweets yesterday saying, I don't give a fuck what happened with Olympus. They have made us, um, they have helped us a shitload with Olympus Pro and they are a brilliant concept and it has changed the entire game of DeFi. When you have all that in a mix and all that money, I think you've got a lot of potential on the upside. I'm not saying it'll happen, but I think you have a lot of potential on the upside. Then uh, Trading Edge said, but at this, he said, so hope we're going to make it, but, but at this point it's turned into hopium. Calculators went out the window. And yeah, look, we're all kind of throwing out the rebase calcs at this point. It's just like whatever's there is there. I, at this point, I don't even care if they stop all rebase. <laughs> For me personally, it's like, let's just let's just make this thing whole and bump this price back up. You know, so well, the big ones, yeah, yeah, like Olympus, yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, exactly. some of my smaller ones, you know, they're still cranking along. I mean, Life Dow, Fortress, Unis, I mean, they all have their various levels of screwiness going on in different ways, but you know, they yep. just keep adding to the numbers. So, yep. remember, these are ones I only put a couple hundred bucks in, and you know, I'm down, but still, it's just adding tokens. So, what I look at is I look at these and I'm thinking, okay, so remember after, um, what I like to call wave one, which was the, the 17, 18, uh, timeframe. Right. And then, you know, I call like this 2021 sort of in my mind, it's wave two, but then there's also another mini wave that came behind wave two, which was the wave one players like Cardano's and Tron's and all those guys, you know, getting somewhere. Um, I mean, I remember I sold Cardano when it was at like 11 cents Yeah, and, you know, saw it go to two something and then back down to wherever it is now. Uh, you know, Ripple, I sold low, um, Stellar, and they all went up. Now, do they have long staying power? I don't think so. They're all but there's always going to be another wave. So what I'm getting at <laughs> is I think that, yeah, that these rebase ones could be like that kind of a little mini wave coming um, behind it. And so they're worth just holding on to me. Yeah. If they go lower, buy 10,000 of them or something, you know? Um, yeah. Trading Edge said, I hear your, I, Trading Edge said, I hear your point, but that's a changed narrative. And I actually... Um, look, if they shut off rebasing, that would be a change narrative. Everything else I've said has been talked about from the beginning. They've built an incubator. They have reduced emissions um, and they have a plan for reducing em emissions. They are um, There are so many projects in the pipeline. It's impossible to keep track of all of them. There are entire DAOs being created as incubators and investment vehicles for projects to utilize own. So the... Yes, I can see what you mean by changing narrative, but I think that the, that would be the only changing narrative is if like rebasing cut off completely. All of these other things in use of the treasury and the community were all things that are already in the in the pipeline. Um, well, you know, so I, I I don't think it's a complete change in narrative from what they were saying they were going to try to do with the with the treasury. Well, I, it's too bad that like, you know, okay, so all let's say all the people were in Olympus at the beginning. You know, just thinking about this rebase issue a little bit. But I'm thinking about all these future Olympus investments and different projects that are getting involved in. You know, these aren't, so of course, these aren't corporations. So there's no, you know, ownership with the token of anything. But there's some way to take those own tokens. And if you're going to do something adjusting rebase or not, but somehow where they get a piece of all the other projects. Yeah. So, like, you know, maybe when they go seed another fork or whatever, or stabilize a treasury, another fork, and they go park you know, uh, some amount of ohm there that, you know, some percentage of w tokens and stuff from that new rebase play 
come back to all the existing uh, ohms token holders who were like, maybe if you're going to put 10 million in, maybe like eight is, I'm trying to think how to do this, but some portion of that gets credited to the people who, you know, are the ohm stakeholders, that 92% or whatever that's in there. And so that they start earning tokens from the other plays uh, that are starting instead of the ohm token. Um, yeah. as a rebase alternative. Yeah, it makes total um, sense. It makes total sense. Uh, Eamon said, at this point, I'm just hopeful that they either can get the price to recover or rebase the hell of it. And then he brings up a really important point that um, I was reading a bunch about yesterday. Um, and that is the bot that, yeah. that the uh, mechanism needs, the protocol needs bot protection. Because what's happening right now is bots are coming in, buying 10 minutes before the rebase, buying, taking the tokens yep. and dumping them, taking the tokens and dumping them, taking the tokens and dumping them. So totally agree with that um and i hope it's something they're going to think about and address i wanted to catch they did a community call yesterday afternoon and i couldn't do it i was on another call but um they uh I, i'm assuming that's part of what zeus discussed i have no idea i'm waiting to see a recording of it well, but, remember uh, um it was either life or fortress one of those two has that cool down period so when you put your money yeah. in you stake it you can't you still i think earn the tokens but you can't pull it out for 24 hours. Yeah. So at least cuts it down to like three or one potential bot rebase heist instead of three. Yep. Um, so, I don't know if that makes a difference though, actually. So Danielle was already kind of in this phase of he was moving away from time. He had, that happened before the big dump uh, yesterday. He'd had a call, a spaces, a Twitter spaces day before yesterday, I believe it was, where he talked about the fact moving away to, from time again. They had posted an article about it previously. They've been talking about this all along. And he's always said that he expected his um, his project to diverge from the Olympus Dow model um, and to do a lot of investing and to be an incubator of sorts and to help foster DeFi projects. Um, but in the last 24 hours, they've gone a step further. Um, they've announced that um, not only are they kind of departing, they're actually um, going to severely cut emissions. So today they killed all of their bonding. Um, all bonding is off on the site. There will be no more uh, emissions from bonding uh, at uh, Wonderland time. So um, that's pretty drastic. Then he did a tweet thread the other day where he, or yesterday or today, where he talked about the fact that he really wants it to function as a SPAC. Um, I think prior to making that tweet, he probably should have understood a little bit better about how a SPAC functions because it doesn't exactly fit, but I get the idea. I think his idea is we're going to go out and roll up projects into the ecosystem, something you and I talk about a lot, Joe, in, in terms yeah. of the DAO and the whole model of Koretsu is to create this family of products, which he already has done really well building, right? Abracadabra. Everything else that he's got going, MIM, Spell, Time, WMEMO, all the projects, Popsicle, that he's got going all um, feed each other, right? I think they could do a much better job of showing that they all work together, but that's another story. Um, so I have a lot of faith in him. I feel like this is a bit of a knee-jerk reaction, but I have a feeling it's stuff he's been thinking about for quite a while. Um, but he, you know, he kind of has more freedom to make those moves because he was from the very beginning said that he was going to, he was going to make some big changes, right. And that he wasn't going to be Olympus Dow. He was going to be something different, just utilizing that rebase mechanism from the beginning. So, sure. you know, it's interesting. We'll see, we'll see what happens. Um, there was an interaction with him yesterday too. Um, people were getting liquidated, um, cause they were obviously margined too sharply. 
Um, and yeah, I, I think he's empathetic. I think he um, feels bad for those people losing their money. Not a lot he could do for, about it. Um, the other thing that happened yesterday is um, memo went below its uh, realized value of the treasury and they fulfilled their promise and started buying it up and boosted the price back up. So um, that's a manual mechanism they have right now. It's not algorithmic, but um, you know, they're keeping their promises and they did boost that price up and buy it out of the market to uh, boost it up. So that's interesting. Hmm. I have to see if people take advantage of that. Now, if there's going to be now everybody trying to drive the price down, knowing that he's going to buy right? it. I don't know. Yeah. That's interesting. Cause a lot of the other ones haven't done that. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> they're like yeah. they're like like certain ones are like you know the the realized value is seventeen dollars and they're at like three. Yeah, exactly. So, now yesterday, good. um, they also posted on the website that you know he took over sushi, and they also posted mm -hmm. on the website that they were moving all liquidity to sushi. All su liquidity had moved to sushi. Um, I actually went in last night to do a little bit of a DCA on one of the projects I'm involved with, and um, the price publicly out in the market was showing like. 59,000 range and sushi was quoting it like 61.9. So I was a little, I'm a little, I was a little concerned about that because they have a shitload of liquidity to provide. I, I, and I don't, maybe if my timing, maybe I was too soon. I, I don't know, but uh, I'll check it again today and see, see where things stand. So anyway, big changes there. Uh, like I said, I'm interviewing, um, Redacted this afternoon, had a great interview yesterday with um, a project I'm now referring to as the um, the project that DeFi unintentionally forgot, um, and that's Bancor, which was the very first AMM ever, um, and which um, Ethereum Foundation helped fund uh, or helped get going because um, uh, Vitalik wanted them to build it. And then Vitalik hmm. funded Uniswap and um, uh, and Uniswap came out with a model that was different, but that was easier because it didn't require the Bancor token or a project token in order to supply the liquidity. Um, since then, Bancor has upgraded to a version 2.1, which um, allowed for a lot of more capabilities. But their version 3.0 is going to fucking blow people away. It, it, it is massive. It is composable. There are no limits. It is single-sided staking at like 40% APR on stables. It is um, composable, so other protocols can utilize it. Um, there's all kinds of really cool shit coming down the pike. They disclosed a lot of things. Um, there are some things that they can't talk about yet, but um, there are some really interesting alpha coming in and out in that one. I'm actually jumping that one ahead of the pack in my edit flow right now because I think it's going to uh, be impactful. The version 3.0 is coming out by the end of this quarter, and there's just a lot of cool shit coming out from Bancor. I think they're gonna, I think they're gonna create a little bit of a storm, right? Because they basically guarantee no impermanent loss, right? So consider the fact that you can come in there and stake a stable and get 40%, 40 um, percent on your money and no risk of impermanent loss with insurance. And now projects can incentivize you with their tokens on top of that. So not all, so a project that's in Bancor can now incentivize with their own tokens so people will provide more liquidity. Um, anyway, lots of cool stuff coming from those guys. I was blown away 
by the two um, the two guys, Nate and Mark Richardson, that I that I interviewed. Um, Mark is a former chemist who joined the team uh, a couple of uh, year or so ago. Um, is kind of driving a lot strategically for the uh, project and just brilliant guy. Both of them brilliant, and I, I'm I'm really excited to see how Bancor stirs it up. So, um, well, so that quick, was good quick stuff. question. Brad, quick question, and I'm uh-huh. going to go back to 28, 2018 here for a second. Remember when um, – was Bancor tied in with EOS back then, and were they the ones that were trying to buy all some of the tokens up and pull them into the EOS ecosystem? Was I that have, Bancor? I have no idea, man. No okay, idea. Okay, because it must have been – because it must have just been me doing it because I remember yeah. reviewing a letter for our genetics client back then where they were trying to pull the token into the Bancor protocol. Um, no, not a clue, not a clue, but okay. this is a strong ass team. They have a is lot it Draper? Of... Is it Draper? Is Bancor Draper? No, I don't think so. You know, uh, okay, um, it's not Bancor. All they right. have a lot of really fucking big brain economists um, on their team. The guy that invented the euro uh, <laughs> is one of the economists that works with them. Um, they have um, some really powerful models coming out. I, I'm just really, really impressed with where they're headed. Um, so check out B and T. Yeah, it is Draper. It, it is, is? Draper, Draper funded them. Yeah, all right, 150 cool. million. Nice. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, no, this look, they're really bitches about VCs, but they don't quit. No, you know, I mean, these guys. Well, go and here's the tent in 2018. The project never quit, and they still had hundreds of millions in in liquidity in the pro in the in the project. Like it, it wasn't like anybody stopped. They have a hardcore community. They have entire processes and for diligence of approving tokens that come into the pools. It's it's a buttoned up fucking operation. You know what else it is? It's the exact kind of operation that TradFi will want to connect to. It is it is yeah. absolutely a potential gateway. Um, I'd put it in the I definitely put it in the top tier of um, when this is composable of potentially bridging into TradFi quite a bit because it's stable, strong, smart, conservative. Um, good yield uh, project. Just, just thoroughly impressed. Thoroughly, thoroughly impressed with these guys. Blown away. So, anyway, uh, let's see. Uh, oh, by the way, real quick, uh, Incubator announced another investment in Vesta Finance. Uh, so you guys can check that out on their Twitter feed under Olympus Incubate. Uh, so you know they're still working. They're still busy. Um, Joe, is this you? Sent me this Cross the Ages Metaverse game. Never mind. Today? I don't know. Yeah. Whatever. Oh, I, this I, is interesting. The president, the fucking president of El Salvador is doing all the trading on behalf of the country. Like yeah. shitloads of Bitcoin, of billion, whatever the amount is. It's a lot of fucking money on his phone. He's doing yeah. all the buys himself. I know he's got this was up a few weeks ago, a lot of heat. Obviously, it's a little bit. I of didn't a even see this, risk. I had no fucking clue. What the f- yeah, fuck? no, he's trading it on his phone, the country's sovereign wealth fund. That's some dude, crazy like, shit, dude. Well, yeah, they're already starting to, um, you know, for the sovereign risks issues, of course, they're you know, the uh, um, bank court is oh, sorry, just getting distracted by our banner. Um, sorry. No, no, but you know, it's it's just from a security standpoint. And plus, it's not even a multi-sig wallet. You know, I mean, don't you think that should be multi-sig? <laughs> I mean, so he loses he's the election. Robin says, Hood going, 
Bitcoin. <laughs> let's short the Nicaraguan shit. Come on, let's Actually, get I wouldn't be surprised if he's just doing this on Coinbase institutional account or something. You know, that's doable. Uh, that, that That's certainly doable. You can do that. Um, but it's just fucking hilarious. Well, it kind of, you know, look, it, it's not really, you know, protecting the... Uh, individual investors say the citizens of El Salvador too well that no. he is doing all of that with with the you know the sovereign wealth um well, maybe he's good at it he's going to oh. be good or bad if he's bad he won't be around red <laughs> if yeah. he's good, get reelected <laughs> uh real quick red alert uh if you've used any swap to bridge a critical vulnerability was found um and I actually went to search for this article because I was on any swap last night trying to get some fucking ethereum onto fucking mainnet um so over mainnet um and um there are six tokens that if you've bridged or uh, given permissions to their any swap contract and they're now called multi-chain um you need to go into their site they've put a button there when you connect your wallet to tell you hey you need to revoke if you're one of the people that needs to revoke uh the tokens are weath Perry, OMT, WBNB, Matic, and AVAX. Um, uh, three of those I have transferred on that uh, yes. bridge. So, um, and they're not, uh, doesn't look like they're reimbursing for gas for that fuck up, but whatever. I'm just glad they didn't, nobody came in and drained my wallet. So uh, if you've got, um, uh, if you've used any swap or multi-chain, uh, get to their site, uh, app.multichain.org. And uh, there will be a link at the top of the page that'll tell you to uh, revoke uh, contracts if you need to. So uh, I would highly recommend going there with your wallets and checking. I've got what website is that again? App, website? Uh, it, you can well, most people started off going to any swap, but it's app here. Let me put it on the screen app.multichain.org. Thank you, sir. Let me put this on the screen. Banners. Yeah, I hate doing, you know, I went and looked at my, you know, I don't do anything on ETH at all anymore other than off-ramp. And, um, you know, because I revoke all the permissions on all the other chains constantly. Yeah, but you can't and on ETH because you'll get killed. 60 bucks. Yeah. A revocation, basically. Yeah. And it's so like fucking ridiculous. Yeah, and I started thinking about, you know, those other tokens that one, I don't want to say the name of it, but, um, you know, where I went in and Whoops. texted the CEO in the Telegram channel and you know, because they've done a manual migration of stake tokens, which seemed weird. And then they're like, oh, yeah, you got to go through this whatever. And it's like the first thing I got to do is enter my wallet seed phrase. And I'm like, fuck that shit. I don't give a shit about these tokens because everything's in that wallet. You know, it's like my NFTs are all there. You know, I will tell you, I started breaking out specific things for yeah. specific purposes. Like for Eureka, I created a separate wallet. Right. Because I didn't know what the hell's going on there. Um, and I have started and it's a pain in the ass to manage but it's much safer. Uh, and so I've, I've been doing more of that. Uh, the problem is managing it with the hardware wallet, but you know, you got to do what you got to do. So. Yeah. Yeah. Um, anyway, so uh, that's a big notice. Oh, real quickly. Uh, all ohm holders. I, I don't know if they have a limited amount on Tokamak, but there is now staking of geom on uh Tokamak. I guess that's how you say it. Um, and it's that's a uh, that's a fairly reputable project. Anyway, uh, seven percent 
on deposits and then 42% on voting. I don't know how this works. If anybody does, feel free to chime in and let us know. But uh, bottom line is uh, all of you licking your wounds could actually at least get a little, uh, a, a little something, something uh, by staking your geome there. If you feel safe, I have no idea um, the audit levels for, um, for Tokamak, but I do know that a lot of projects like them and partner with them, including Alchemix, et cetera. That doesn't make it safe. Do your own research. I'm not your financial advisor. Uh, nothing is really safe in DeFi, but you know, it's Ooh, there man. and it's there. Uh, so that's Spooky. Bancor. Um, let's see. Do I have anything else, Joe? You have anything else? I'm good today. Um, I, got I, went through some... I got a hard stop at one. I got 14 Yeah, minutes. when you were down doing something, I went through a couple of other things. So I'm, hold on. Oh, that's a, another old comment. Um, let me just pop through my Telegram thing real quick just to make sure we got through it all. It'll take two seconds if we didn't. Where's this? Uh, this this one I saw yesterday that you sent over. Which one? Uh, that uh, most of a lot of the hacks in DeFi were uh, yeah. due to decent. I mean, due to centralization issues. There's a shocker. Uh, that but yeah. that makes sense. You know, that's uh, that's. Uh, well, that, it's the cheat when you can't lessons. decentralize. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Exactly. So, yeah, so. Uh, should make people uh, think about it, right? There was oh, a good. Um... This is one I saw yesterday. Um, I mean, maybe they've been working on this a while and I just hadn't heard about it, but I tried to follow Polygon, Polygon's news pretty closely. Um, they're, they launched yeah. the fastest ZK scaling technology and, and, and sadly have called it Plonky 2. I'm sure there's some nerd reason why it's called Plonky 2, but Plonky is not a name or brand that um, invokes speed for me. I don't know about you, but sounds too um, like clunky, clunky, plonk, plonk, plonky. Yeah, it's just plotting, plonky, clunky. It's just bad. It's just bad. I don't, I don't, I don't know if it's they're trying too hard to be cute, but it says plonky too. So maybe they had this product before and it was called plonky, and that's why they call it plonky too. Maybe there's some character in Indian culture out of the that we don't know. I've never heard of it. Um, so they've launched uh, a $1 billion fund for ZK-based solutions last year. I didn't know that either, um, which is awesome. They really want to push. Um, I, th I think ultimately Polygon wants to um, rely less on their proof of stake chain and more on the, um, the ZK stuff. So um, anyway, I I'm still a big believer in that team and what they're doing and love what they're doing. So um, good stuff there. Yeah, I did see something in one of my, I didn't get it up today, but how they did an uh, EI-1559 implementation as well. And supposedly their gas fees have gone up. Yeah. I haven't done any trading on there today. I don't know. Um, but I'm just curious to see what that has to do with my lack of fees on Polygon that I like so much. So I had a conversation with a fat today on Telegram um, and I, I'm not going to reveal how I connected with this person, but with a, one of the founders of IOST, which is a 2018-ish high-speed uh, blockchain. Yeah. Um, and I said to him, I said, you know, you guys, you know, there's like half a billion in market cap, I think there, something like that on IOST. I don't know, let me look and see. Um, and I, and you know, they're very popular in Asia, I think specifically Japan. I think there's been some NFT plays there as well. 
Um, but there's nada for DeFi, right? Um, and the, what I said was, you know, uh, market cap is 642 million, trading volume 36 million in the last 24 hours, 37 million. Um, I said to him, I said, you know, you've got this high speed blockchain. Now, I normally wouldn't say this to any of the old school blockchains, but there's a couple of things in their favor the speed, the fact that they use um, readable human addresses, ETH addresses. But here's the kicker all smart contract development is being done in JavaScript. And they're launching an EVM emulator. So I said, I would think a project mm. like this, who has the ability to circumvent one of the biggest problems in DeFi, which is finding developers, right? Like I was talking to Scoopy at Alchemix yesterday. He is desperate for developers. Everyone is desperate for Solidity developers. And you can't just hire a beginner Solidity developer. You have to hire somebody with experience, somebody that knows what the fuck they're doing. And um, especially now when they're kind of just urgently trying to build. Um, but imagine how many exponential more JavaScript developers are out there, right? And high end, yeah. right? Like I got a buddy who has a firm in Argentina and he has 200, 200 high end, top notch, like high quality developers available as a firm on a monthly basis, right? Imagine the projects that could get built if they, if this project could become an L1 player in the DeFi space, because you expand out and open the universe of developers to JavaScript, you can do almost anything. And if you have EVM compatibility, um, then you can start getting some, you can incentivize with a fund, some of the bigger existing funds to come over, projects to come over, get some of their community members over, and pretty soon you've bootstrapped a nice, uh, a nice, you know, DeFi layer one. So anyway, I, you know, look, I'm just giving unsolicited advice, but um, I had no idea that IOST was was JavaScript based, but I, I frankly think that has huge potential. So anyway, yeah, no, well, you you're addressing an important constraint, you know, developer yeah. talent. Yeah. And when there is choke points like this, and there have been in the past, I remember all the PeopleSoft developers and Oracle yep. financials and DBA types back in the late yep. 90s, early 2000s. I mean, I remember sitting in on one of the recruiters at this IT services company I was at, and I'd call him and talking to some PeopleSoft person. I'd like, well, first of all, I don't travel. And this is like in the 90s, and I'm 250 bucks an hour. And that's <laughs> it. You know, that's the interview. And, you know, and then all these other idiots that were like, you know, the person at the company shoveling the paper into the scanner for the legacy conversion to PeopleSoft, then go out and now they're PeopleSoft analysts, you know, <laughs> and they want 180 bucks an hour. And you figure out it's like someone who's basic and barely operate a fax machine. But the point <laughs> is that if, if you could take a whole pool of like um, already existing tech talent, like Java developers and put them to work doing something like this. Yeah, you know, that's pretty huge. Just so you know, the, I was just looking at it. Um, January 2018 was when it launched. Got about a half billion dollar market cap, it looks like. Yeah, um, six, six, 642. Yeah, I'm looking at 2.7, 2.8 cents a price right now. Um, pretty decent volume. Now look at that chart over the last year, man. I mean, look, you got, you got lo higher lows as long as this maintains here, 
Now you don't have higher highs, but you're maintaining a nice price range. I mean, it's not it's not horrible to look at. It's a Cardano. Yeah, a nice, it's a Cardano chart. Yeah. Well, look at that nice run in July. I mean, yeah. it was started running in June, and then there's July 15. Yeah, it had already moved like 50 percent before July 15th from like July 1, June 20th, and then it ran up to. What does that look like? Seven and eight, seven point eight on the 9th of September. And then it's been a slow drip since then. Yeah. Um, I mean, like you said, it's it's on all the exchanges. Yeah. Um, ultra fast, decentralized nodes, wallets, consensus, proof of believability protocol, successful founder who's had a couple of exits. Um, yeah. So they got crypto lending. Wait, oh, that might be something else. Yeah, I mean, the only thing I do see that they're operating in Beijing now, it looks like. So I don't know how, you know, with all the crypto crack down there, I don't know what's going on. Are you sure on. about Beijing? Well, it says he, he, Zhang founded other tech startups in the U.S. and China. During his Alexa, university stop. days, he sold for $40 million, um, changing class notes. After that, he returned to Beijing and co-founded IOST, among other projects. Yeah, I don't know if the project is founded there. I don't know if the project is based there, though. And he is not uh, one of the founders I know is not in uh, uh, Beijing. Yes. Yeah, no, it makes sense. There's like six or seven big founders there. So you're going to have one or two overlapping. Yeah. Um, I'm just curious if they can. You know, I'd like to see the current stuff, I guess. It would be well, interesting. so anyway, um, he said, look, we're working on EVM emulator. And, um, you know, I said, all you've really got to do is uh, get a bridge uh, up and running across a few chains and uh, incentivize some developers and, you know, get some copy pasta going or get a few big projects over. And you can make a nice run, especially with that, the amount of fucking liquidity they have out at all these major exchanges. I mean, yeah, you know, between that, um, I, to me, this feels like a sweet potential. I Look, it's still a hard road. Don't get me wrong. It's not easy. You can't just launch into DeFi with an L1. But if you have high speed, 8,000 transactions per second, um, if you have the ability to recruit a lot more developers than you can in the Solidity world, um, and you can make development easier and simpler, then um, human readable addresses, EVM compatibility, all those things, if you can, if you can launch back out with that and have when you launch several cool projects in the space. I think um, I think you got some good potential to make a, take a little bite out of DeFi. Yeah, and I mean, at 2.7 cents. Yeah. I mean, it is interesting because it's pretty robust looking. I mean. Yeah. Exactly. Definitely have to dig into this more. But yeah, I like this because, you know, like you said, even if it's a Cardano play, I mean, what, Cardano went from like 8 cents to $2 and something. Yeah, but they're you functional know, and, and real. Iost or they're Cardano. not a fucking uh, Iost. Yeah. They're not a fucking yeah. academic circle jerk. So well, oh, the I'm, amount of times I, I apologize. Wait, wait, apologies. I have an extreme bias. Uh, for those of you I know, we have listeners that like Cardano. So my apologies. I just have a very extreme bias on that project. So uh, please don't take personal offense to my um, extreme bias with Cardano. It's just, <laughs> I could say something, but I'm not going to. Um, because I would tear through about like four offended segments of society. Um, and that's not what I like to do. But yeah, no, I, I, you know, look, 
I dealt with the Emergo folks, and I think what's the other one? IOHK, which were the, the yeah. commercialization arms. Yeah. And those were great people. I mean, I was trying to do some stuff there with uh, you know, encryption back in the day. And um, but you know, they were so far away from being able to really get anything done. Um, you look, know, and it, look, having a platform it's the or classic anything to do. Problem of academic think. It's just it's a classic yeah. problem. Hey, buddy, I got to wrap it you up. Gotta run. One yep. o'clock. Everybody, thank cool. you so much for listening. Everybody that participated today, I love that shit. Please keep those comments coming. We may just start handing out the link to people that are commenting and have them just fucking join us on the show, Joe. I think that'd be even easier, right? Let's get into these. Yeah, turn to like Let's a get this community in a discussion. Oh, very quick update on We're Forked. Um, I want, I'm going to try to set up a uh, conversation, a voice conversation for hopefully tomorrow in the discord with everybody. Cause I think we all need to stop and assess um, our uh, investment strategy. And so we vote when we vote, we make sure we're voting on, you know, at least parameters based on all this rebase changes. So I, I, I just want to have that discussion. Uh, the contract is ready. Um, I had a couple of tweaks on the, on one part of it, Joe, that I sent back to the attorney, but okay. uh, we're about there. Thank you for listening, Joe. I'll connect with you later today. Love you all. Cool. Appreciate you sharing us, rating us, reviewing us on iTunes. Um, it all helps. Thanks so much. Have a great day. Yeah, thanks, Brad. You have a great day, too. And thank you, everyone. Thanks, Talk buddy. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.